0: Pop My
1: Culture, Pop My Culture, Pop My Culture, Everyone, Pop My Culture, Pop My Culture, Pop My Culture, Everyone, It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts Cole Strat and Vanessa Ragland. Hello and welcome to the Pop My Culture podcast. I'm Cole Stratton.
2: I'm Vanessa Ragland.
1: Our guest today, uh, if you've seen Scream or Scooby Doo or many other works, you know him. Matthew Lillard is here.
3: Yeah, and the crowd goes wild.
2: Well, they are right now. Let's give them a second. Okay, hey That's guys, good. we need <laughs> to give him a moment to, to calm down. Are you grounded yet? We're pretty excited.
1: It's oh. kind of like why like bands come out with that. Like well, The news will come out before Huey Lewis comes out. So the, <laughs> the crowd can have their chance sure. to run into yeah. it. And then Huey comes out and they lose and their then, shit. And
3: he loses their... They all lose their minds. They, they lose don't. their minds. But Huey Lewis and the News just performed at a country club down in Orange County. Really? Yeah. Were you there for it? I did not. I, I missed oh. that extravaganza. That's too bad. But how... Um, you know, if you had asked Huey Lewis in 1984, <laughs> Hey, Huey, will what, you what be will you be doing in 2010? 2010? <laughs> Is there any way you'll be doing a performance that coded a cause at Country Club? He'll, he'd punch me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, not now. Yeah, yeah there's, it's now always we weird when, when
1: artists that used to be huge, they're still kind of huge, like start playing at the Canocti Harbors and the, the the Mayfairs of places and stuff like that. Bar Mitzvahs. There was a Dixon Mayfair. Dixon's like 10 minutes outside of Davis where I grew up in Northern California, like small little town. They had a fair and Michael McDonald played it. Sure. Like, like, oh, my God, Michael McDonald's playing a fair.
3: And how, I mean, it's a good gig. But yeah. there's such a shelf life on any artist. Um. Certainly, pop culture. I mean, if yeah. you're a musician, it's almost impossible to maintain Ooh. any kind of relevance past you know five
1: years. You're-
2: you you got to keep cranking out sex tapes. You got to keep <laughs> getting DUIs. I mean, there's an art to it. You have to. to. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> or if you, you got to wear an artist.
1: a dress made out of kermit's on stage or yeah. something. You, you, you have to. Push yeah, it.
3: you have to have a brain hemorrhage uh-huh. and go on The Apprentice.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh yeah,
2: that's a that really is how you, one, it, huh? yeah. how you do it. That's how you
1: do it. Aww. That is how you do
3: it. No hair, apparently. He has no? no hair. Did you hear wait? This? What? Really? He's bald <laughs> under you, yes. We're talking about
2: Michaels. Uh, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay.
3: And apparently he has like because n- of
2: all this health stuff. No,
3: I just think he hasn't had hair for like 20 years, and now he has like a perfect.
2: Do you think the bandana do. has hair attached? Yeah. To well, it? I think the
3: bandana hides the the lace work <laughs> <laughs> that attaches the wig. The apparently.
2: delicate lattice work.
3: Apparently, I could be. It's totally. I could be sued. Can you get sued for what saying a so. podcast? I don't, we don't can let lawyers listen. I mean, can I get beat up for if I run into him on the street?
1: Yeah, yeah we worried about that because we made, oh, fun Steven's Steven's made fun of Steven Seagal a couple weeks ago. Are you but,
3: out of your mind? Really he will find you. He
1: will find, he will so find you and kill you. you. <laughs> yeah.
2: After he touches you inappropriately, oh, that's what we were talking that's about. That's his mo. Yeah, Oops. evidently. really? Yeah, he's been in a lot of trouble for doing that to ladies.
3: By the way, <laughs> that was Ooh, funny happened, story. <laughs> that happened to another celebrity who went on to do great things and Ooh. become a governor of a state somewhere. Oh. Hmm. Apparently. Wait. I don't know. This is really uncomfortable. No, <laughs> <let me, laughs> I'm <rewind> the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, that was just legendary. You know, it was back legendary in the 80s groping. Oh, Hollywood I know. Hollywood yeah. it was a very different place.
2: I think that was like his um, press release too cuz that stuff started to come out a little bit like last year.
3: Oh, it did. And
2: they were like, it was a different time. Like that's the only thing like, that can't. Okay. Like women were begging we, to be misused.
3: Yes, we used to abuse <laughs> Jews and Blacks, but that was fine. It was a different, it was a time. different time.
1: We
2: were having cigars on yeah. the <laughs> brown. Used to rape I children,
3: it was a different time. time. You don't understand.
2: <laughs> well, now we're in the 2010s, and it is
3: a different time and culture. Speaking yeah. of uh,
1: 2010, uh, Prince is releasing a new album called 2010. Yep. But he's only releasing it in Europe, which makes little to no sense to me.
3: Why would you- I like when he does things like that? Because then everyone goes, "I need to get that They'll album." Get it. Yeah. Right. It's like the Gray album, you know that um, uh, the Danger the Mouse Jay-Z, album, yeah, yeah. the Jay Z and the Beatles White album and the Black album yeah. put together. And you know, it was that thing where it came out over the internet. People were like, I gotta get the Gray album. It's not that great of an album. I mean, well, I mean, it's I thought fun. It was, I thought it was but, okay. Yeah, but the the hype to find it was what and it was. And so that if you, you put that, if Prince puts it out in Europe, maybe that's maybe so he's trying right. to create I feel like a
1: buzz. That would have been really bold if he had done that like 10, 15 years ago. On the Without internet. this thing called the internet. Yeah, you know, like sure. Yeah. That back then you have to be like, oh, I gotta. I know a guy in Ireland. He'll send it to me. You know, and I'll have to pay. Yeah triple the price. It'll be like sixty dollars by the time it gets imported. Now I know it's just what like down iTunes. Yeah, I know. It. Imported, that's a hilarious thing. Like yeah. you'd
3: go down. I mean I remember I grew up in Michigan and left when I was young. Yeah me too. But we go back from forth. where Where'd you grow up?
1: Uh Okemos, which is outside East Lansing. Oh yeah. I grew up in Brighton.
3: Nice. Um but you know you'd go back and forth and like you'd come to California you know, you'd be in California and Dexie's Midnight Runners was the shit. <laughs> and you go back to Michigan and be like come on, Eileen, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, check out this tape. Boom. And, like, you you drop, like, new songs, and my whole family would be like, that's incredible.
1: Were Except you a cool
2: the- kid because of, like, getting the L.A. imports? Not really. No.
1: The flip though about about, you know being from the Midwest and being from Michigan stuff and then living in California and going back is like they look at you like you're a golden god when you return to Michigan because like California is this like legendary place where you You surf to school and
2: (laughs) (laughs) everyone's
3: famous. Exactly. (laughs) Why
2: aren't you famous? That's the way my family looks at me. (laughs) It's like it doesn't matter what you've been doing with your life. When you come home it's like, Well, we haven't seen you on TV.
3: Why aren't you succeeding? Yeah. 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 It's funny, there's a lovely young lady who's living in the back and uh-huh. she just moved down from Canada she's a student that I teach up in Canada and she, you know there's the element of being an actor and coming to LA and being okay here we go and I said to her last night you know LA hasn't stopped I mean the thing about this industry and this business is that nobody really cares about themselves yeah. except for their own kind of myopic view of what's happening and saying you know it's hard you know I know this isn't really pop culture but as an actor you know it's you know it's hard it's harder now than ever to Mm -hmm. find a place in this business I mean it's you know trying to find um, an avenue in is really difficult
2: yeah and trying to be true to yourself within that avenue is like all of a sudden
3: and to be young and coming to town to be like alright I'm ready yeah. I'm right. gonna do st- you know I'm, I'm, I've trained I've gone to school I've worked you know I was in college I got my BFA yep. my MFA and you come here you're like I'm ready and you well know,
2: lose 30 pounds well, yeah, and I, yeah. yeah and then
3: on top of it like how do you even I mean that may be like you need to find somebody that will t- care enough about you to tell you that
2: yeah Yep.
3: It's hard to find that person. I mean you can do a showcase or something. And that's what's great about Sketchfest. And improv in LA is mm-hmm. you have these avenues where you can go and perform and work. Yep. And be funny and hone your craft and bide your time and wait the for actively, yeah. Yeah. And right. wait for your opportunity. Yeah. But it's so tough.
1: And that's what's tough about this because a lot of people think that they can just hop on a bus, hop off, and, like, I've got talent and I've got looks. I'm going to make it. And it's, like, there's no overnight successes. There's very few. For every Edward Furlong who was eating ice cream on the steps of the boys' club, there's, like, thousands and thousands of guys that just – Millions. Millions. Millions of people people that are trying to you know break it. And, like, it's not – like, you get an agent, great. Mostly you get a commercial agent, you start going on commercially or whatever. And then if you're lucky, you can get a manager or get a theatrical yeah. agent or whatever. But then it's like, then you're auditioning for, like, five and under parts and stuff. And then maybe you can start getting guest spots or feature spots or whatever. Like, you're not just going to, like, walk in and book a series. Like, that just doesn't happen because like, they're, they're not going to take a chance on an unknown Well, now quantity. what they're
3: doing, too, is they're, they're, doing, they're still doing pilots, but yep. then they fire everyone off the pilot mm-hmm. and go get the most famous person they could yep. to put into that part.
1: Well, now with like, TV, like a lot of big stars going to TV now, like right. that work's even gone for people before. Because oh, before, yeah. you wouldn't have a Glenn Close on it's TVS. You right. know?
3: Yeah, we have sold our house. We have a great house. We bought it seven years ago. We had to sell the house because, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen me in a lot of movies, I haven't been in a lot. <laughs> um, and it's like that thing where we have to make the choice now to either downsize or you know wait a year or a year and a half until right. the money runs out, and then you're screwed. So we made the proactive choice to sell our house, which is awesome, you know, great now, but really traumatic and being an actor and like always having success and have worked for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and finding this patch in my life. I'm like, oh, really? I can't just go pick up a TV show. Like the idea, you know, coming up as a kid, you know, you always kind of had this idea to go back to TV, but now there's, there's just not the same amount of work. Yeah. You know, and so that work trickles down and we're going to go out. I mean, I think we're buying this house in Altadena. Yeah. That is another actor. That's a TV actor that he has to sell his house.
2: Oh, man.
3: It's like everyone's kind of downsizing, you know, to try to get their life in order and try to, you know, maintain. And and even now, I mean, I just did a Clooney movie with um, Alexander Payne and huge opportunity in my life. Great movie. Great I budget. At
2: that cast was so exciting. Right. Yeah. Oh and it's a gosh. huge
3: part for me. And yeah. I couldn't be more excited. And Alexander Payne is like one of the great filmmakers yeah. of, You know, just ridiculous. Um, but on that movie, Scale 10 for 10 Days of Work.
0: Hmm. And,
3: you know, it's not like that movie is made for $3 million. Right. It's a 20 plus million dollar movie. You have George Clooney, he doesn't take a dollar off the top. I mean, it makes hmm. scale and takes it on the back. You don't have a gunfight. You don't have, you know, a special effect. There's no you know, shooting a lot at night. You know, it's yeah. $20 million. You're like, okay, where's the money? Where the star's not taking go? it. Yeah. And on top, you know, and, and that's fine. Look, it's Alexander Payne. I'm so lucky to even have the part. But you're like, seriously? Scale 10 is hard to For 10 raise days. three kids. Yeah. Well, five. I mean, I was there, you know, but... Right. To raise three kids and have a family and have a, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, there's yeah. just, that's what it's, it's, you know, $1,700 a week. Yeah. After, before taxes, before agent, before manager and lawyer and all that stuff. And you're like, I, how do you survive? And that's yeah. the thing you that, that like nobody – You get
1: like five bucks in a snow cone when everything's said yeah. <laughs> and done.
3: And, you know, and you're lucky to have the job. Like, yeah, right. I feel blessed to have it. Right. And this isn't complaining at all. This mm-hmm. is just a it's the kind reality of
2: making it all work.
3: Status quo, right. of where yeah. we're at in our industry, and how you know, and how we, you know, how do you persevere? And that's thing nobody talks about. I think, yeah, you know, is the blue collar actor. How do you get from point A to the end of your career and like main, you know, and my not school have to and stop?
2: Stuff, nothing trained like you. you nobody talks about. An actor about it. and no one trained you to be an actor in the world. Like, nobody. It's so scary. It was really, really shocking to start to to come out here and like put it all together of all the work that's involved right. and and the effort and just staying afloat and like keeping your desire to do it alive and keeping Perseverance. Faith in yourself. Like,
3: Impossible.
2: it's so, so much.
3: And not only that, but you, you know, it's so hard because our whole lives we were brought up and I'm a little older than you guys, but this idea that if you go to college, yep you will come out on the other side with the diploma that will validate you. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you go to an acting school, you will have these tools necessary to succeed. And the idea that you've put the time in is and it just means nothing to anyone out here. No. And that, you know, and you just kind of it's just really hard to come out and face the facts that Hollywood doesn't stop. They don't stop if you die. They don't stop if you walk into town. They don't stop You win the academy. They just don't care. Yeah. It's a machine. The auto industry, you know, continues to chug along. Our industry continues to chug along no matter what happens. Yeah. And that's just really hard because, you know, to, to us, it's such a human experience. You know, it's not like you're turning down a widget. It's not like if you say no to me, you're, you're saying no to me. You're not saying no to what I've, to I'm offering of right. you. you know, right. This is a book that I'm selling. Yeah. Here's my encyclopedias. You don't want these? Okay. <laughs> I can accept that. I can accept the fact you don't want to buy my car. No, it's I, it's you, hard to accept the fact personal. that I'm not good-looking enough yep. for you in your movie. It's yeah. Like,
1: oh. Yeah. It's it's tough. Like I, f- I feel like. Cole gotta, has had
3: so
2: much plastic surgery. I've had so much, <laughs> so much. You're I, almost I'm, up to. I snap. look
1: like
3: a haunted mannequin now. And it's, <laughs> I love the stuff you did on your abs. Thank you. I mean, Why really <laughs> well, added an nice, extra? It's in. inspired, right? Yeah. yeah you walked in. I thought it was a nice choice. Oh, I gotta grab that. Welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. It was an amazing. I changed. A yeah, change you look so gone.
2: good in that robe. I do. <laughs> <laughs> the hairpiece is a little much, but I'll go with
3: it. It was a merkin. It's a merkin. <laughs> oh, that's what live. they
2: call it. Yes. Okay. Um, Am I allowed to look? Or is I'd that like weird to for exce- you?
3: No, it's fine. Oh. It's, I mean, I'm married, so yeah. you know nobody ever really looks.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we I do kill know. an
3: orange as we sit here and discuss.
2: As you're merkin waves in the breeze. <laughs> 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 need, to get a, <laughs> need to get a Foley artist to do the sound
1: of an orange. I just orange did it. Thank How you. good was the sound? Was like, you it- heard it.
2: You didn't hear it. He heard it. <laughs> It'll be there. Ew. It's nice. kind of slightly wet It's wet. wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wet merkin. It's freshly photo I was watching interviews with you, not to be crazy. We were? Mhm. Um what a sad, and I sad. saw the sweetest like love at first sight story about you and your wife. How it great is that? Crazy. Yeah, congrats. And it's working. You've got really pretty kids you made.
3: Unbelievable. Yeah. Great gene pool. Yeah. Um you know, I have to
2: say Can they talk and stuff? No. I okay. mean
3: they have no toes and no tongues.
2: <laughs> no, that's perfect. But
3: you know, they're great. They're Color super you lucky. Genius. Yeah. Um no, we have <laughs> We are really blessed. Yeah, I And mean, we have great kids, really lovely kids. My wife's awesome. We have ten year anniversary this next month.
2: Oh wow! Congrats, Congrats
3: yeah, awesome. And in so 10 Hollywood, years, of you. you know, there's people that are like, marriage is so tough and so hard. Like I don't, we have it really easy. Yeah, we have, I mean, you know, we have a common enemy. The kids. (laughs) So together we fight as a unified front against a suppressing force that we'll never surmount. (laughs) So we're in a foxhole together and, you know, we're blissfully, oddly, strangely happy.
2: Oh, that's
1: so good.
3: Cut to Lillard, divorced. (laughs) News at 11. Um, The kids won. The kids, they beat us! (laughs) Damn those children!
1: Lillard crashes Maserati, kills mistress. Story (laughs) at 11.
3: Ooh. Maserati there's some upside wait (laughs) a minute I like that you just just cut the part where I sold my house right (laughs) Right.
2: and then guess who's back on top Celebrity Apprentice every day
3: oh I will never no (laughs) I would (laughs) rather cut off my own
1: Matthew you were not a good project manager (laughs) (laughs) you're fired
2: I just watched that Joan Rivers documentary piece of work and she it's like chronicling her life the year that she did Celebrity Apprentice and um the movie starts and she's so depressed and it's like before Celebrity Apprentice starts and then by the end of it she wins Celebrity Apprentice right. and she's like, I'm back on
1: top. Which actually uh, I was not a fan of when she won it because yes, I watched it. I, 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 I wanted Annie it. Duke to win it to be honest with you.
3: Who watches that show? I do. What? I don't, I don't know.
1: I t- you I t- have
3: no children. <laughs> no, you're
1: right. No kids. Um, my problem like- with Joan Rivers is like, I, res- I respect her in the sense that, you know, how she came up through comedy and stuff like that too but I, it really kind of irritated me that um, Trump kept talking about what a great role model she was you're a great role model you're a great role model for people I'm like she's had so much work done she's had so Wait, much plastic started, like on her face what no so uh, I don't know, crazy right I don't yeah. think so but like if, that's, if you're supposed to be like this she wonderful role model for like oh. girls coming up and stuff oh. like that too it's like I don't know to me that just seems weird
2: I don't think it's weird I think you're weird. <laughs> okay. No, I'm here to I, her.
3: I don't understand in general. I mean, the thing I don't understand. Somebody showed me a picture yesterday of the gambler, and what gambler? Uh, I just it's, I don't want to talk smack. But Wait, there's a guy named the gambler know? who was very famous for a long time. His sang real a name. A lot of songs. Is Kenny Rogers? He has chicken. Um, oh. Okay. He has chicken. He loves chicken. Oh yeah. And Dolly Parton, and he was like, dude. You're a man from the south. Why are you getting a facelift? Because lift? he
2: hangs out with Dolly. You got to keep up.
3: Why do you know? She is tucked can't she just into win her belly button at this point. Can't she win the race? Like, can't you be like, "All right, you win. <laughs> you look more beautiful than me." Like it's just I'm like, "You're a man."
1: I was, a, I was a big Kenny Rogers fan when I was a kid. I wrote him a letter. Which oh, I've seen that letter. is actually framed above uh, my toilet in the bathroom. It's <laughs> really
3: funny. But, uh,
1: yeah, I wrote him a letter. Did he
3: send it back to you? He's like, I don't even want this letter. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> Get letter. lost, kid. Get out of here. Uh,
1: he sent me back one of those, like, black and white 8x10s with, like, the fake signatures. It's obviously, like, just sure. mass produced. But when you're, like, you know, six years old or whatever, it's like, oh, he wrote me back. Yeah. Yay, Kenny Rogers. And he
3: left and he put the letter back in with
1: the. No, my mom made a photocopy of it oh. before. Before I sent it, that's how. Wait, so
2: did he get the photocopy?
1: No, he got the original.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be offensive. <laughs> if I'm Skinny Rogers, I'd be like, send this kid a fake glossy. <laughs>
1: he deserves nothing! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somebody inject me with botulism.
1: Put my mom was like really face. big on like writing letters. She always has. Me. She, when I was a kid, she'd always be like, Oh, if you like them, you should write them a letter. If you like that, you should write them a letter. So I wrote like a letter to Campbell's Soup saying how much I love their split pea and ham soup. And they sent me back a coupon for free soup. Whoa. So I guess it's worthwhile, I guess.
3: You Definitely. wait a
1: second, stop.
3: <laughs> you wrote a letter to Campbell's. Pennsylvania somewhere. <laughs> yep. Dear Campbell, Dear Campbell. I love soup. your suit. Big I fan. It's awesome. And they always sent you a coupon? I, I would so. say. Because you're the only kid to ever write that letter. <laughs> Probably. <Ever>. I <laughs> will tell you, a billion children have come and gone in this world. Your and kids haven't written
2: Campbell's yet? No. Not even at Christmas Top time? Almond, yes. <laughs> Top ramen,
3: yes. Top ramen. All right, here's a
1: challenge. <laughs> Have your kids write letters to Campbell. No, I won't do that. And see what I'm they not send you teaching back. This lesson.
3: I'm not teaching.
2: Well, this lesson. if you like that soup, you should write the Soup Man a letter.
3: I think that's hilarious. Yeah. I expect a letter by Tuesday. By the way, you? of course
2: yes. If he likes you, that's well, very he's presumptuous. He's in my house. Mr. He, he,
3: Lillard. Apparently, he loves Campbell soup.
1: Now, if I send you a photocopy of that letter, will it be upsetting to you? Or
3: let my frame and put it over my toilet. That'd be nice. (laughs) Oh, come on over. (laughs) Take a peek. Check it out.
1: The property value just went down. (laughs) Boom. Plummet.
2: I wrote a letter to Joan Embry. Joan
1: Embry. From the San Diego Zoo? That's
2: right. Really? (laughs) I wrote her a lot of letters. Did
1: she send you back a monkey? I wrote
2: her... No, no pets. I
3: wrote Uh, her a lot of letters. That may be the funniest thing I've ever said, I can't take care of a lemur. I I don't think I've ever said anything funnier. (laughs) That was good. Not really, because you didn't... Nobody really stopped to ignore... It was was actually
1: a coupon for a monkey. (laughs) So I don't know where you're supposed to redeem it. You (laughs) beat me!
3: You upended me! I should get plastic surgery right now! My (laughs) abs will be incredible! (laughs)
2: Uh, No, I asked if I could be... uh, The letters culminated in me really offering my services to her. Wait, wait, Letters? Oh, yeah. You wrote her several times? I was really into Joan Embry. (laughs) And I was like, if you could just let me live with you for one summer, I will take care of all the animals. I will clean everything. And she just sent me back. It was pretty heartbreaking because there had been, like, first I'd gotten the, the signature thing, and then the next letter was, like, this packet, like, I think you should just... Maybe apply for an internship. Like it was like a typed out thing, and it made me feel so creepy. I didn't know that I was. How creepy. old were you? I'm like 11, really?
1: <laughs> 11,
2: I think I was 11. That was when the Embry phase. Woo.
3: I have to say, I have never. You know, they said <clears throat> somewhere along the lines it was like you should never write back people that send you letters because what if one of them's a freak? Yeah. And I dated a lovely woman for a long time who had many freaks in her life. And I was like, yeah, I'll never write anyone back.
2: And you haven't? And so I haven't really. Aww.
3: I know that. And I will say that. All these kids I, trying to make a wish. Well, like, I always keep wishing. Keep, Sugga, <laughs> Shaggy says, screw you. <laughs> no, but there's always, there's always this idea that maybe the reason I'm having a bad time in my life my career because I have terrible karma <laughs>
2: letter Maybe writing campaign get the kids on it tonight everybody's signing tonight. your name on Evelyn. everything all <laughs> those kids
1: now are like have high level positions at the studio <laughs> they're <Yeah>. like bastard <laughs>
2: your face is on a dartboard Oh, <laughs> I hope not right. I don't it's think right. that's true no, I'm sorry I'm, good. I'm
1: yeah, so sorry so. <laughs> you, uh, you, did a, you did a pilot with my friend Janet Barney uh.
3: So talented! Um, it's amazing and to me because like, the
1: cast of that thing was fantastic. Uh, it was you guys and uh, Jonathan Silverman, I think. Jonathan
3: Silverman and then um,
1: Leah
3: Remini. Re-
1: Remini, Remini, yeah.
3: Remini, who is great. <clears throat> it's
1: it's a, amazing to me like, how like how many pilots nowadays with fantastic casts just don't go. Like, there's so many.
3: Yeah. We were right on the, I think we were on the cusp. You know, it's funny. Pilot season to me is almost the most unbearable thing in the world. Yeah. Right. It's, um, I mean, there's more unbearable things. Because I realize (laughs) people have really a lot more problems than that. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's just a really, it's a time when you walk into rooms and it's just who is the next person. Yeah. I need to see somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. And, you know, they just throw things together. And it's like, you know, it's almost like it's like this law. It's this, you know, it's it, 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 a descending pool of talent. Mm-hmm. So at some point they'll grab, you know, they'll, they'll grab anything and they'll just throw. They're trying so desperately. Everyone's so desperate. The showrunners are desperate to get a show on. The you know, the people of the networks are desperate to get shows, yeah, the good shows, good actors. And actors are like I have to get something, and especially now when there's not there's no work compared to yeah. what there was even 5 years ago. Right. That that money that they pay you, which is still the best money in the world, you know, could be uh, your nest egg for the entire year. Yeah. I mean, I've done four pilots in a row and I, I didn't get a pilot this season. Mm. And for me, you know, having like look, I came up a long time ago, and I've been around for a long time, and this idea that I spoke about before—that I always thought, "Oh, I'm I'm funny enough, or I'm good enough that I'll always be able to find TV." Yeah. And yeah. to go through pilot season and miss on every pilot audition was—again,
1: you go back booster. to, yeah, it's
3: really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but you're like, but then you have two choices. And I think we're supposed to be funny and talking about pop culture, but no, this I is, keep going back to that, acting yeah. and life. But and I like teaching now, and I find that I teach more now than I've ever taught before, and I actually love it. But you have two choices: you can bury yourself and kind of get lost mm-hmm. in the oblivion, or you double up and just keep. I mean, you have you know you have to jump back in. And I looked in the mirror and I looked at myself, and like you know, I fired everyone in my life last year. So because I, I was at CAA, which is you know the biggest, and yeah, the and you've got a
1: whole CAAs. new family.
3: I got a whole new family. Um, I killed my dog, which was awesome. Um, But then I looked at the season. I was like, all right, so what's wrong? So I literally lost 15 pounds. Not that I was like overweight, but I was like, okay. So I'm not in great shape. Had, you know, three kids drinking a bottle of wine a week and steak and fries and all that stuff. Time to change that. Just change. You You have to like, again, you have to kind of reinvent yourself. Yeah. But um, I don't know why I'm talking so deeply. No, that's no, good. no, it's that's great. great. About it's so true. So you can
1: either uh, adjust to what everybody's telling you, you need to adjust towards, or what you feel you need to adjust towards, or you can just be like, no, I know what I'm doing. I think what I'm doing is great, and then continue yeah. down that road, and you might be successful that way. But a lot yeah. of the times, you just you just pass up whatever the the next thing is that they're looking for. Unfortunately, it's just a sad truth of it all.
3: Yeah, because- it's either going to kill you or make you stronger. So. Anyways, say something funny. Remember Oh, jeez.
1: Let's talk about um, Scream for a few minutes. Shatter. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's been rumors of a reboot for like the last year or two. They're but, doing it now. Yeah, I guess that they're working on it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is – it's weird when they reboot a franchise that I don't feel like has been gone that long. You know? Like, right, sure. They could just make Scream 4 and I think people would be fine with it. I think
3: they are though. It's not a reboot. Is it? I mean, is it's Scream, it I mean everyone's it. in it like – David's in it and Courtney's in it and Nev's in it and cool so I think I mean they're reinventing I think they're it's the same characters but there's a new storyline that's going to start underneath it
1: gotcha and I think it's Kevin Williamson's running it too I uh-huh. think. and so Wes is directing Okay, cool. Oh, wow. so it's like the same eight,
3: I mean I think it's like the whole same
1: team excellent. and you're uh, a ghost in it I'm assuming no and but you know it's interesting
3: <laughs> I was supposed to be in Scream 3 and there was the idea in Scream 3 that I would come back as the killer because I really take a TV on the face and then they're like, well, what do we, you know, because Scream 1 had this, you know, the great thing about Scream was at the time it was really different. Yeah. yeah. It referenced pop culture immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, before Scream, I think this is why Scream was so successful. I think this is kind of why it's, um, it's found its place in history in that, You know, before Scream, everything was about being timeless. The idea of making a movie was you didn't want to date it, because you wanted the to have that movie wanted to have longevity. And the way that people thought that would happen is you don't put idiosyncratic pop
0: culture references
3: in it right now, because you wanted to be able to watch it in ten years and still be relevant. And then Kevin Williamson came along and said, "Well, screw that. It's coming to video in six months." Right. Yeah. Let's just be Let's just get into What's relevant Right this second And that was the beginning Of the end I think In terms of You know Now you're doing Day and date You're doing this red box You know Four weeks Oh yeah right. It's crazy I've
2: never done that Red box Have you done that?
1: I have not done red box
2: I know that you can get Good movies on it Like uh What's that Marley and me <laughs>
1: You can't get Marley and, me and Redbox. You're right. So um, I'm interested. Sorry, my phone rang and now I'm turning it off.
3: But um, so, you know, at that, as at that time, like Kevin Williamson was like the cutting edge. Right. Right. So anyway, but and then Scream 3 came along and they're like, you know, Scream 2 was Timothy Oliphant was the killer. That's right. And they didn't know what to do because they'd kind of gone. They'd gone to three killers, I think, in the second one. I don't remember. But they were like, what do we do next? And so the idea was to have me from prison orchestrating you high like school. like a smashed
2: face or something? Yeah,
3: yeah. With like burned out yeah. face. And then orchestrating mayhem from prison on um, like people attacking high schools.
2: Whoa, that is and, dark.
3: Well, it was before Columbine.
2: Oh, okay. So <laughs>
3: it's Columbine less dark. broke out. Six weeks before production. Oh, my gosh. And they sacked the whole story. Yeah. Whoa. They changed the whole thing.
1: Didn't the third one have Jay and Silent Bob in it? Didn't they pop up in, like, Scream 3 or something? I not remember. I feel like they did. Which I don't I, know. I feel like maybe I was like, this is a little weird to me. Yeah. Because um, I think the reason the movie, the first one worked for me is, like, I'm not a huge horror movie fan in the sense that, like, I don't like really gory like I like stuff if it's scary. Like sure. yeah. John Carpenter's the thing is like one of my favorite all time horror movies. Great cause movie. It's freaky. Like yeah, it's got some gore in it. Um, but for the most part, it's just really psychological so and scary and like. Keeps you on the edge of your seat, yeah. in a good way. A lot of the stuff nowadays is just like, how can we push push the envelope to, uh, to a point with the gore and violence sure. that's going to be so shocking and new that Wait, crazy. I don't
2: think that's true. Have you seen Centipede and the Human Centipede? I'm not, I'm <laughs> it's not an that. understated piece. Okay. <laughs> it's a psychological <laughs> drama, <laughs> mostly because of budget constraints.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, what I liked about Scream was, is like, yeah, I mean, it was you know it had its violence in it or whatever, but it was just it was funny and it was scary at the same time. Right. Like, it just kind of you went back and forth a lot from being. Well, scared there was a weird
3: thing. There was definitely look. <clears throat> the other thing they did is they killed Drew in the first five minutes, yep. which was genius because they yeah. built the whole thing around. I love Psycho
1: with uh, killing Janet. Yeah, exactly. In the first 20 and, minutes.
3: Exactly, and they didn't know. You know, at that point, you didn't really know where the whole thing was going to go. And then I think that the great thing about the end sequence is that you're laughing. <clears throat> you know, these guys are making you laugh at the same time. You're like, that's. Crazy. Yeah. They're stabbing each other, and you're, you know, don't hit me with the phone, dick. And <laughs> all these funny one liners that come out of the moment. But they come out of not written jokes. They come out of stakes are really high. You cut me too deep. I mean, the funny stuff. My mom, you know, um, yeah, she, I don't know. But all those moments come out of like character. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It just, it worked. In that moment, in that time, on that Christmas day, you know, it worked.
1: Yeah, it, was, it was awesome and it just plays at the horror movie conventions too like you know it was very meta in that sense and that um, you, know, they, you know I'll be right back all that stuff like calling out the oh, horror sure. movie conventions yeah. at the same time while actually doing them like I love it when people that, and, and things can like walk that line yeah that was great. it was
3: really it was smart at the time and now I feel like you know with saw success it's like but everything in this town goes in waves
2: yeah
0: I mean
3: they see Saw and people are like wow they see Saw but they you know, <laughs> saw succeeds and I'll never forget. I went with my friends um, you know, at the time, what, 36, 35? And we have, it's never happened since. It hadn't happened before. My buddy Bill Rayor was like, hey, there's movies coming out that people are talking a lot about. Let's go see it in Westwood at midnight. And, you know, we're thirty 35-year-old guys, six guys. And we're like, yeah, all right, whatever. No idea what it was. And watched it, walked out of the theater at the end, went over to Jerry's and had two hours of conversation about Whoa. that movie, about what it's going to do, box office-wise, you know, pushing the boundaries. And, you know, you have six guys that, I think these guys are really bright guys. And we yeah. had this really great kind of inspired conversation over a coffee after seeing Saul about the ramifications. And here we are... You know, six, seven years later And you're still seeing it I mean, now that's kind of died out And it's been played out But, um, you know, that's the great thing about something like Paranormal I mean, Paranormal was like so It was like Blair Witch When Blair Witch hit I was in Sundance It was the year SLC Punk played Sundance Oh, awesome I think See that Man's curve. I think it's right. I was
1: like ninety nine. I think is yeah. it came out. And so seems about right.
3: And my sister was working as a publicist, and she's like, "You have to see this movie. I've got. It's unbelievable." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And I saw it at midnight in like the little screening room in the hotel. Oh
2: my gosh! How's and I was fair. like,
3: packed because people. There's a buzz around it. And at the end, when they say, you know, they never found these kids, you're like, "What the fuck?" Is that re- what you know? You yeah. had no kind of idea what you were really watching. Right. And the impact that it had on that, you know, and, and the same thing with Paranormal. And Paranormal had that thing you where, like, so freaked out watching oh that gosh. movie. And I just watched a new trailer and I was like, it immediately brings back that kind of the agita and the sense of. And that's the reason I think people love those kinds of movies. You have a visceral reaction. You sit in the audience in a comedy and you laugh and like something rushes through. you. Yeah. right. And, and with
2: Blair Witch, it's, it's so exciting because you can't talk yourself out of it as much. You know, like right. with a movie that you're like, oh, it's just a movie or you this, have these to. are all the holes. I mean, you
3: watch Saw, you have to talk yourself out of yeah. it because you're like, you know, that's disgusting.
2: Yeah. But then there's those movies that just will creep you out forever right. because like I still remember the exact way I felt coming out of the theater after seeing Blair Witch and it was like dark outside and I just did not feel okay to be alive like I would have rather been any
1: Blair Witch is one of those things that like it play, plays upon the same things of like if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you're walking through your hallway and everything's dark and you just have that if you just have a you weird know mindset, a all of a sudden you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around this corner and there's gonna be like a freaking alien standing yeah. right there. It's like you just get in your own head. Yeah. It just plays along those same kind of lines. When we
3: yeah. were we have had our house is almost 100 years old and um, when Addie my oldest daughter was three, she said to Heather my wife. Mommy, who's that boy on the ceiling? <gasps> and Heather was like, No buddy, no buddy. It's just a you
1: know. baby from train spotting. No, yeah. He's just up there crawling around. <laughs>
3: in the light. But you know, and I watched Paranormal here in the house and you know, and Liam's like, Where's the monster? Why is there a monster in my closet? I'm like, Shut up. up. <laughs> oh. um, and that's why I put him in the closet. He's in oh, the closet yeah. Yeah. he's six weeks. There. He's been there. i taught him a lesson. You don't um, freak daddy out. But I watched Paranormal one night here in the house at like, I was like 11 o'clock at night. Heather had no desire to watch it. And so I stuck him uh-huh. on. And I was terrified. It was so freaky that I sat there like, this is ridiculous how scary this is. But that's, I mean, an unbelievable movie.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like a, a genre changer, and I'm thinking about Blair Witch here. But like, when if it gets parodied, like the amount that it got parodied in the mm-hmm. months afterwards, like you know that you've discovered a new thing or a new subgenre when yeah. all of a sudden everybody's like, "Ooh, let's parody this." Well, that's like, the same for Scream yeah, too, definitely. Same deal. And, yeah. yeah, right.
2: Oh, I want to talk about this. Is I'm so bad at segues. Whenever there's never one, so here <laughs> you go. <laughs> I just thought of it, and I have to say, it. hackers. Okay. So that's exciting. And you were with such pretty people.
3: <laughs> Unbelievably gorgeous human oh beings. Oh,
2: my gosh. Yes. What was it like to be near Angelina Jolie? That's um, the extent of my hacker's question. That's <laughs> it? <laughs> and
1: ha- that closer? I, I want to hear about that, but Fisher Stevens, right? <laughs> that's serious. Being the next to that guy.
3: so glorious. Um,
2: and what, that's another movie that's like so pop culture like
3: Yeah. It's know? weird. That one is funny. I was at an audition yesterday, and the guy was like, I just have to tell you, I promised myself I'd say it, Hackers was awesome. And I I think, and Hackers has come back. Like, Hackers went away, and for some reason, it's one of those movies that came back around to be cool amongst kids today. I have no idea why. I mean, Ian Softley, I think, is an incredibly talented director. He did Wings of the Dove. He did Backbeat. Right. He did Hackers. He did K-Pax. I mean, he's done a lot of, like, really different movies. And he did that movie, and I think he's a really talented guy. And I think that, for some reason, it resonates with kids today. And, like, if I walked into a Mac store, talking about Mac and how much we love Mac, I'm going to send Mac a a letter. Uh, So if you want to send him an iPad. So if you want to send me (laughs) an iPad for my convenience, (laughs) I'll take it. Um, But I was in a Mac store, and this kid at the Mac store was like, oh, my God, serial killer. And I was like, (laughs) I don't understand how you're I mean he was movie was made before he was born.
2: But it's so cool and it taps in I mean like that's such a personality now, like computer people, everyone's a computer person. Right. So where then it was more like these kids that know how sure. to work computers, now it's like everyone can relate. Well you know? we
3: did the I was in New York and I remember being in my apartment and there was a thing called New York Online. And the guy that started NY Online was And New York Online was literally just a series of chat rooms in MS-DOS where you would, you know, you'd log on and you're like, shh, shh, you know, (laughs) and call up the dialer. (laughs) And you would get there and, like, you know, there would be this big room and, like, somebody would say, you want to have a chat? And you'd have a chat and you'd be like, hey, I'm naked in New York. You know what I mean? It's like this thing, like. Where you're like, I cannot believe I'm talking to somebody who's in New York because it didn't reach outside of New York. And there's like, you know, 1600 people online or something. <laughs> you're like, this is crazy. This is unbelievable. I can talk to somebody who's not in my apartment. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it was like so – I remember being – this is so liberating because you're like this is so – there's something so sexy and voyeuristic about it at that time. Yeah. Because you could be like – you could be dirty. You could be funny. You could be – whatever, creepy, you'd be scared. You know, peop- I remember reading people's, like, online chats and being like, who are you? You
2: freak. <laughs> and, I am titillated.
3: You know what I mean? And, but, and that's what it was. It was like, this is so, it was so exciting. Yeah. And that was the, the beginning of, like, this weird world of, of computers where, you know, you just didn't have that kind of, op- I mean, there was no cell phones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. it seemed, it's so weird if you're a listener, right, like, that's not that big of a deal. But there were no cell phones I don't think there were cell phones.
1: Not really. No, I don't no, think
3: absolutely. so. were. I mean, like, that fine. world was, like, the computer was, like, breaking new things. And if yeah. there were cell phones, they were really rare.
1: Yeah, and giant bricks. I think
3: maybe I'm crazy, but...
2: No, I... I that was true. And I remember, like, when IM first came out, like, AOL Instant Messenger. Right. Um, the excitement of, like, me and my friends... Like going to someone's house that had dial up. You know, sure, like right. first somebody's gotta have dial up, like that's step one. And then like getting online and pretending you're a model, which was sure. what we were doing it a like right. thirteen. Um, not a stretch by the way. <laughs> and like just chatting with people and you could pretend anything and it was I was so excited.
1: And they had Susanna uh,
2: Baskerville, I misused your house. <laughs>
1: There was a thing that I used to do in high school. Uh, it was an online bulletin board service called the Compass Rose in Davis. Mm-hmm. And basically it was just basically like chat rooms then. But, um, and it cost like – it was like a quarter an hour to do it. Oh. So you would just like pay some dude and you'd get credits, that Wait, kind of thing.
2: how do you pay them?
1: Um, you They just had like a store that you could go to. There's meetups. Like, in person? It was, it was run by a guy at UC Davis. Like So it was just kind of the startup thing. But all these people would do it and then um, you all have your handles. Mine was Homer. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, And then they, every once in a while they would do, like, these, like, get-togethers, like, go get pizza or, like, a softball game or whatever. So we would do softball games, and it was, like, varying, like, st- statuses of age and geekdom. Um, so some people were, like, just college students, regular Joes. Some people were, like, just total, like, f- you know, swords and fantasy nerds yeah. from high school or some junior high kids or whatever. So we'd get together and we played play these softball games. Total varying levels of athleticism out there, <laughs> uh, sure. but there you know it's kind of a fun, weird little community, and that was so early in those days of those kinds of things. Now, like you wouldn't dream of paying to go on a chat room. Yeah, or well, I'm
2: still having a hard time getting my idea, my head around this business model. You go in person to a store and give a guy a quarter.
1: Well, it that's it costs like you do do meetups, and this guy worked at some store. You could go, and you would give him like five bucks, and you would get credits. So like, oh, "Oh, I've got so many hours. Like PayPal. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's no. There wasn't another option. I promise you know
3: I'll send you a check. I mean, it's so (laughs) crazy. It was weird. You know, it's funny having kids now. I you know my kid will play as a treat. You know, we'll let her play um, spore. So spore is this creationism game where you you start as a as a tadpole or a micro
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, by, you know, m- uh, a small little creature. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the technical word microbionic <laughs> or whatever. And then you grow into like this, you know, into a space traveling civilization.
2: Oh, whoa. So
3: they'll play this whole kind of arc of this character going from this little creature and you, you know, you get points and you buy like faster fins or you buy a spike to eat. You can be a carnivore or a herbivore you can be a, an angry, you know, anyways. But they can maneuver. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. And since they were six and basically four, they can maneuver around four by themselves.
1: Whoa. It's amazing. Now it is.
3: You know what I mean? And they don't play online. They're not allowed online. But you have, you know, the, the ability to, like, process. And, you know, technically speaking, my five-year-old can do anything she wants.
2: That's insane. Yeah
3: which and is scary. weird when you find that porn is yeah. low. You know what I mean? It's like, that's right. uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. Anything is out Jonas there.
3: Brothers porn is not.
2: Joe Bropo. <laughs> 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 not that I'm into it, but, yeah. uh, first Take of all, it all, how
1: <laughs> I make my money outside of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> As, no. um, all right. I, I want to talk about, you got to play one of the most iconic characters in the history of pop culture in Shaggy Rogers and the Scooby Doo movies. Right. Um,
3: that's not his real name. Do you know his real name?
1: It's not Shaggy Rogers? No. What's his real name? Well, I just thought you know, but you don't. Whoa. I, I used to watch Sat. the show all the time.
3: Well, apparently you didn't watch that closely.
1: I know that they based the character on Maynard from Dobie Gillis. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. That I do know.
2: <laughs> okay. So we no, got one point for each one. So. <laughs> yeah. <No, there>
3: <laughs> Shaggy off. His, his real name's Norval. Norval Rogers. Oh, okay. But um, there was a thing where they... You know, for a long time they were based on the four colleges back east, like Amherst, Vassar. There's the or I don't know. If the, I know it's there's four colleges in like one little mm-hmm. back east community, and each one of those characters is based on the identity of those schools. Oh, fours. that's oh, funny. Wow. I realize that. Yeah.
2: You know what? I don't know if you are going to be mad at me in three seconds, Cole, but here goes. When right. we had Linda on, sure. Cole sort of said that he thought he could do as good of a shaggy voice.
1: Shaggy voice, I'm not tall.
2: Oh, so the height's the only thing holding Cole back. Have,
1: we, can have a, we can have a Shaggy off. We can have a Shaggy off. Uh,
3: as the reigning as as voice of Shaggy, I have no need... What's up? No. Can you do it? I can do a pretty good Shaggy. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Come all on, Victor. Right. I hear them every day. I'll yeah. walk in the mall. Right. Hey, dude, where's Scooby? Zoinks!
1: Oh, do you really hear that all the time? <laughs> all the time, I'm sure. Mine's not bad. I did it growing up, so...
3: Like, okay, Matthew. <laughs>
2: Zoinks. It's not bad. I'm cringing.
1: It's not bad.
3: It's good, actually. It's, it's not too shabby. Oh, okay. that's no, good.
2: Well, Colin, you just got validated.
1: Thank you.
3: That's good. It's a very good shaggy. Two benches you. short. I mean, if you were.
1: Well, I mean, I could <laughs> never, you didn't have ever, such ever good play abs. It. I mean, my abs are way too strong <laughs> for shaggy. <laughs>
3: too many uh, no, abs. that's good, muscles. actually. Um, you know, the guy that did the voice for the movie. It's a long story. It's not really worth getting into. But a great guy named um, Neil Fanning in Australia.
2: Wait, what voice for the movie?
3: So they got. So they had a guy who did it. For, I mean, uh, mess- you're
2: just lip syncing.
3: No, no, not my <laughs> voice. The guy who played the voice of Scooby-Doo. Okay. Um, the guy that drew the cartoon used to do the voice of Scooby, mm-hmm. and then Frank Welker, who's the vo- the original voice of Fred, right. Fred. Fred is now the voice of Fred and Scooby at the same time. So we're doing a whole new cartoon. So the cartoon drops sometime this summer on Cartoon Network. That's so fun. So... Like right, you know, I go into the studio once or you know once or twice a week and lay down track for the new cartoon, which is awesome.
2: And you got to just sound like a rapper when you said that.
3: Lay down track. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was Boom. super duper fly. Oh
2: man, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm um, gonna lay down a track.
3: But the guy that did the voice in Australia, Neil Fanning, God bless you, Neil, if you ever hear this, uh, was this is this amazing guy who did. Um, performed at the Warner Brothers stunt show for, like, 12 years. What? He did, like, five shows a day for, like, 12 years in the stunt show. Everything. He drove the boat. He jumped. He played B.A. Baracus. Whoa. No, no. Not the A-team. It was um, uh, Police Academy. He did the Police Academy stunt show for, like, 12 years on the Gold Coast at Warner Brothers Amusement Park.
0: That would be physically taxing.
1: And I would love to see the police academy stunt show. Again. How funny is that, right? Mahoney? And this, is <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: but he was doing this stunt show and he was doing a walla group for this um, this cartoon or commercial. And the guy was practicing to do the on set voice of Scooby Doo. So you know, so we had something to act with. and We wanted a guy that could do Scooby Doo, and Neil heard it and said oh, this is how you really do Scooby-Doo. And he was like, and the guy was like, you have to get into audition for this part. And Neil's two dogs are Scooby-Doo and (gasps) Scrappy-Doo. In real life? He loves, he's seen every single episode. It was just fate
2: that brought this all together.
3: And he showed up the next day to audition, and they're like, oh, we already cast the guy. And he goes, well, you know, I kind of do it. He's like, well, let's hear it. (laughs) He's like, oh my God, a Hold on a sec. And that was the casting director. Then we got the executive producer. The producer's like, well, we got a guy. And he's like, well, <laughs> He's like, hold on a second. And they tried to call the director. who was in the middle of the jungle, of the um, you know, rainforest, because we mm-hmm. had a bunch of stuff in Australia. Yep. It was in the rainforest. And so they couldn't get him. So they put him in the car and drove him an hour and a half. And he's like, what are you doing here? We already have a voice. He's like, I know. <laughs> and he's like, you have the part. Oh, So my they gosh. gave him the voice- uh, of the job of the on voice on set Scooby Doo and um, as time went by and we did the movie for six months and as time went by everyone kept hearing his voice and kept hearing his voice so when it came time to lay down track for the movie um, I was you know, everyone on our crew was like you have to give him a chance so they flew out the guy that was kind of the reigning voice of Scooby Doo
2: this is a sad Frank story Walker, for two people um, so far <laughs> who? or one person and I think another one well, the guy that had the job until the uh, last hour. <laughs> and now yeah. this guy, I have a feeling, is about to get ousted.
3: He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, guy that had him. And it wasn't Frank Welker. Frank Welker is a yeah. genius. Amazing, yeah. A, amazing. An, an unbelievable man. An unbelievable human being. an un, unvo- Voice actor is incredible.
1: And whenever it's various animal voices, it's always Frank Welker. It's Walker. always Frank Every Frank. movie, mm. it's always... Every
3: cat, every dog, yep. Garfield, uh, Papa Smurf. I mean, he's done everything. Yep. Great. And it, just like the... The loveliest person. But um, the whole new voice cast of Scooby-Doo is awesome. Grey Delisle and Mindy Cohen. I like, think it's just a blast. Anyways, um, but he they flew down this guy who did sc- Scooby and Neil and Scooby did like a Scooby off and Neil won. So this guy in this little town in Australia wow. ended up touring the world. <laughs> you know, he went to you – know, he's come back and forth to America. He went to England. Oh he went to Japan, all based on doing – the voice
2: of Scooby. Cole's eyes just lit up with greed thinking if he had been there yeah, right. <laughs> and it's heard still about
1: Shaggy. He's <laughs>
2: still dying. I, could have, I just could Dollar have been the, the, the Shaggy sign.
1: voice standing on the set and then... Yeah. Yeah. And then
2: Eventually, that was the longest story ever. But no, that was a right story at... ever, good story. Yeah, really, I think so. It was good. I never lie.
1: Let's uh, let's do firsts. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. So we do first in the podcast, first concert, things like that. Uh, the first thing I came up with. Uh, what was the first band T-shirt you can remember wearing a whole lot as a kid or a teen that you just kind of wore out? Band T-shirt. Yeah, you know how like you'll buy a shirt for like a concert you went to sure. for some band or just a band shirt. You know,
3: I had this whole thing where I listened to punk rock as a kid. But I was always scared to go to like punk rock shows. Right. Yeah. So my first punk rock, I mean, I went to my first gig was like government issue, and I bought a t shirt for like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. So I had a government issue t shirt that was like punk rock, legitimate, because I went and I saw the, you know, it was there for the Uh gig. So probably the the GI shirt.
2: Street cred for 10 bucks. Yeah, that ain't bad. There you go. There
1: you go. Mine's going to sound curly wussy compared to GI. Um, The one I can think of is a, I went to the, um, the MTV Alternative Nation tour when I was like in junior high, high school or whatever. And it in was, Michigan? Oh, this is out in California. Uh, it was oh, Spin Doctors, that, right? Screaming Trees, and Soul Asylum. Oh no! Uh, so I bought a Soul Asylum shirt because I was really into Soul Asylum at the time. And it was like green and it had like the little logo and then a circle around it that said, the recollection of quality remains long after the cost is forgotten.
2: Whoa. So you were deep.
1: That was really deep. That was good. I, remember I like liked it left one. an impact on you. Yeah, yeah. it did. Not, not so much soul asylum after that. No, Dave Perner and his Mm. dreads and. That's funny.
3: I was never a soul asylum kid.
1: Loved them.
2: I'm about to make you both sound like real men when I give my answer.
1: (laughs) Nktov.
2: I wish. No, I wasn't. My parents didn't really encourage trends or like doing anything like that. Like, if I, I think I would be shamed if I liked a boy band at that age. Sure. Um, and so, my first uh, music shirt that I wore constantly, fan of the opera, all
0: the time.
1: Oh, no. Slowly <laughs> not. And- <laughs> Did you cut the sleeves off? butch it up a little.
2: No, I did even better. I had I bought like extra extra large and tied it oh, in a knot
1: shr- to the side. Oh my god! So it
2: was knot to the side with purple leggings nice. that had a uh, skirt attached, oh, and hilarious. the mask was on it, and a beautiful rose.
3: Unbelievable! You got yeah. the deluxe T-shirt version.
2: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: Where you like I'm really into poto? That's what I call it. <laughs> Breathe.
2: Poto. Y'all see Poto? I just
3: went to Toronto. I mean, I've seen it like five times. No big deal
1: or I mean, it's way better than Les Mis. Let's be honest. <laughs> By I'm the way, next that Christine was so Diane. funny because <laughs> they were the competing. The competing yeah. show I there.
3: am this close to being a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerously close. And musical theaters, I, I could, I love musical theaters.
2: Who wins in your um, dance-off of Poto and Les Mis? Oh, Le-
3: Les I, mis. I've never even seen Phantom. That's so how much I hate
1: Phantom. Phantom's not Les good. Mis. I gotta be honest with you. Lame is, is Whoa. unbelievable.
2: Let's back the truck up.
1: Phantom has some <laughs> nice music <laughs> in it, and it has a chandelier that falls at the end of Act 1. Okay, you know what? That's about you all it's got going for it.
2: Hey, Cole, you don't get it.
1: Okay. You're not You're a
2: romantic. Oh. You know? Wow. You have I a mean, heart of cool. How about
3: a little... T- drop of rain could hardly hurt me now. He's not romantic. That yeah. is here. He- that
2: was you. That was so your
3: I heart. Not I little... need to know. I mean, dude, that is romantic. I,
1: when oh I was a kid, me. I really wanted to play Gavroche, like hardcore. I was of like, course. I got to get into production of that. You can do awesome the voice, but it's just
3: too short. That's hilarious. <laughs> I saw a production where the guy took a bow, and it's hard to kind of explain on the uh, podcast, but he made, the guy played um, Valjean, no, um, Javert, the bad guy, yeah, mm-hmm. basically came out and with his arms wide and he had this big trench coat and grabbed the thing and went like this, like crossed his arms Whoa. in front of him and went down one knee, Whoa. like he was. That like was he, his was moment, so it's amazing, like, like Batman. An of the night. This, and, he like, and it went down one knee like this. Whoa, <laughs> so powerful.
2: That would have been a good phantom bow too.
3: I, I swore I'm going to bow like that one.
2: You got it for us. It was really good. That
3: was good, but nobody saw it. Yeah.
2: Hey, yeah, we're that not nobody.
1: I don't nobody. think that would have been a good yeah. fandom, bow. I think the fandom should just come out and just kind of like do a peekaboo with his little <laughs> mask. <laughs> Show deformity. It it's it's me. me. It's me. Hooray. When you
3: see me in the bar afterwards, make <laughs> out with me. <laughs> That's that movie this is my big break. Mm. Exactly. Was the, Michael Crawford, that was
1: his name, right? Yeah. Whoa. Michael Crawford played him on I'm front, seeing right.
2: the glitter all over yeah, you. Know. <laughs> Michael Crawford
1: also played uh, Condor Man, which was this uh, Disney movie from the 80s that I was in love with when I was a kid. It's. Terrible. You never is so too bad. But he's cool like a comic book illustrator. His character, who then makes a suit that's like a condor.
2: Oh, that's why you have that condor man tattoo. Yeah, that's that's why. <laughs> I never got what that Yeah, yeah. singular. Ab. <laughs> on the second ab, yeah,
3: <laughs> second um, ab from the right. I can not even remember that condor it's man. Really
1: hard to find. It's it's one of those DVDs mm. that like you have to be part of the Disney fan club or whatever to get. And I'm uh, not that invested. But, I know
2: a guy. I'll hook you. You on. know a guy. Yeah. So you're a quitter.
1: I'm a quitter, basically. <laughs> okay. If I can get it as an import, that would be great. <laughs> Call rare. back to an hour ago. All right, we need to get to our questions. Yep, go, Cole. Uh, so I'm going to ask you five questions about some of the stuff you've worked on. And uh, do your best to come up with the correct answers. It's uh, all people, like,
2: it's like your dating history. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. JK, JK.
1: In junior high, you dated. Um, all right, question we one. You are her here so, yeah. with us. <laughs> uh, you played Stuart in the Wes Craven horror comedy hybrid Scream. At the end of the credits, the producers wish to not thank what?
3: Um, the city of Santa Rosa. That is correct.
1: Mail that right? it. That's right. one hundred percent.
3: Dude, I don't know how I knew that. Yeah. Um, that was a big deal at the time.
1: So you're supposed to film there, and then they objected to the subject matter when they got yeah. the script. I guess. Well, no.
3: It's the, crazier. Was they said yes, you can film there. Right. And then they read it, and then they took they revoked the right. So a week before we were start, supposed oh to start gosh. shooting, they revoked it. Ooh. Of and you
1: guys ended up shooting in Healdsburg, I guess? Yeah. Uh, no,
3: Healdsburg and then a Sonoma.
1: Sonoma, okay. Yep. Cool.
3: Sonoma. I can't I, I right. think that's going to be
1: the only one I get right. That's don't good. So. One for one. Um, all right. Question two. You played Shaggy in the live-action version of Scooby-Doo. Zoinks. Spoiler alert. Thank you. The villain ended up being Scrappy-Doo. Right. Uh, what is Scrappy's middle name?
3: Scrappy-Dappy-Doo. Okay. I would I'm love in- it if that was it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Uh, it is actually Cornelius. Cornelius.
2: Yes. I knew that! I could have given you a hint.
3: but I, I didn't knew that. What was your hint?
2: I was going to get you... Well, Planet I was gonna of the get, Apes? You're going to go yeah, that route? I was, no. I was going to go something with corn. You know. On the cob is what I was saying. I would have got
1: that. Well, let's pretend it. Let's pretend it. Okay. okay. We're going to back it up. Okay. okay here we go. Um, what is Scrappy's?
2: Cornelius! Oh. Haji. Um, on
1: the cob. On the cob? On the cob.
2: Okay. Good. And... Next. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, question three. I'm going to slightly tweak this. Okay. Uh, you played Emmanuel Goldstein in the computer thriller "Hacker." Uh, his screen name was serial killer. Uh, what were Angelina Jolie and Jenny Lee Miller's handles? Handles.
2: <sighs> Not love handles on those hot little bugs. No. I'll tell you that much.
1: Um, acid burn. Correct. And
3: your acid burn. Um, uh. <laughs>
1: He's got two okay. according to IMDB.
2: Uh, into me. <laughs>
1: it's a what? Dave Matthews clue. Dave
2: Matthews clue. That's the only om- fall? No, more violent. Crash. Yeah.
1: Um, crash Override. There you go. Nice Crash, crash Override and Zero That's Cool, evidently. What was it? Zero cool is I guess an alternate handle he had too, but All Crash right, Override sure. was his. Alright, good. Question four. Uh, you played Chip in the outrageous John Waters comedy, Serial Mom. This is the Cereal most Mom. fun I've
3: ever had. It's just an hour of me yep. talking about Isn't me. It great? It's the best. The best?
1: <laughs> so in Serial Mom, the fictitious band Camel Lips play in the movie, and they're played by what 90s L7. female? l There you Whoa, go. Whoa,
2: boom. College You're boy. doing real well. Get you How funny is that, by the that way? You should dead. lay down track with them.
3: Uh, I don't, I'm not really a track guy. <laughs> um, and they, Good answer. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the camel lips thing until uh, later. Yeah. That was funny. Okay.
1: Good movie. Good movie. Uh, question five. You played Steve-O, one of Salt Lake City's only punks in SLC Punk. A quick glance at his driver's license in the film reveals that his real name is what?
3: I have no idea.
2: Um, Eugene. A comedian.
3: O'Neal. Oh, Eugene Levy.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's Steve go for Steve Levy. Steve Levy. Yep.
1: There it is. That's, so That's your real name.
2: So good at clues. I always impress really myself. It
1: was really good. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. All right, you did great. All oh, more questions about me. You did great.
3: No, oh, now no, you get no. my
2: questions.
1: Now so you like, get her questions. SAT
3: okay. score. Uh, <laughs> 1,500. Okay.
2: Next, okay, number one. Skinniest celebrity you've ever met. Now you show me with your hands oh. who that is. Do not say Dr. Weebles or whoever that name
3: <laughs> Skinniest yeah. lady I've ever met. Yeah.
2: Uh, it can be a baby.
3: She's dead. Oh, that's Uh-oh.
2: horrible. <laughs> I've got to... Don't I, don't. I don't know.
1: Okay, we're moving well, that's, on. That's, not, that's all right. I got, who, who is it? No. My lip's
3: sticking out because I did love her. Brittany Murphy was one of oh. the most talented women no, yeah. around. She was great. Unbelievably talented. I don't think the people really realized... How gifted she was! Like she was amazing. I love her. Yeah, yeah. And that. But she was very skinny. Oh. Last time I saw her. Oh. But maybe not the skinniest. I'm sure there's others.
2: No, that's people. okay. We'll go with the saddest one <laughs> <laughs> I loved And it. moving on. Um, okay, for 24 hours, you have the power to be the best hacker in the world. Okay. You can get into any site, anybody's email, any store to get stuff. If you wanted any government archive, what do you do?
3: Really? Yeah. Any government. Archive any store I want, mm-hmm. and just gathering information. The
2: Disney Vault. I mean, you do. You're you, a hacker. You could. I want
3: Condor on DVD, <laughs> Blu-ray. man Nice. Oh, you um, just made a
2: fan. <laughs>
3: uh, okay, wait. So I can, all I'm looking for is information.
1: But or, you can, no, you can you do could, whatever you want. You could. Al, you can do whatever you want. You could alter a shopping cart and get stuff sent to you. Yeah, you could get a whole store, to. store really? sent
2: to you. Yeah, yeah. you're that good. I'm not amazing. You're that amazing for a very
3: short window of time. I mean, I think that I would get real aggressive real fast. Okay, (laughs) aggro, go aggro. I think I would probably just go send me one million cars. And oh no, I I would do. You know what I would do?
2: (sighs) Are you gonna say something good,
3: like charitable? (laughs) I was was just thinking, should I do something nice or should I just be selfish? Just be you. I would transfer
1: one hundred million dollars to the Make a Wish Foundation. (laughs) I would.
3: Answer every email I've ever received about being shaggy. Um, no, I would. De- well, listen, I would definitely. De- I would split my day. So I would do, let's say, three things. Okay. Right? Go. First, charitable thing. So, Madison'sFoundation.org. Oh, yeah.
2: My friend Sean Barrett, his mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah of Chris course. Barrett. Chris yeah. Barrett.
3: Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I- Madison'sFoundation.org is an organization designed. And created around moms and dads in, in search of needed support. Yep. So it's about children with rare pediatric diseases. So when the doctor comes to you and say, says, I'm sorry, it's not leukemia. It's not cancer. It's something else. And you have a five-year-old. Um, that is the most, I can't imagine, the most traumatic thing mm. in the entire world. So I would reroute everyone going to, to porn or sports Ooh, that's or something to that foundation yep. for one day. That is Just awesome. Just drive traffic to look at that and like – because that's an organization that isn't at the forefront of what people think of when they look to support organizations. Right. So that's – I would do that. So that's that's mm-hmm. the good part of me. Then I would um, – Go to porn. Would, I, would, <laughs> I would own all porn sites for one day. <laughs> and i would download them to many hard drives
1: <laughs> and i would just
3: own them for free and never have to pay for any porn ever um, no that my mother in law is going to be so upset with that answer that's not really my answer no i would do something really i mean i think that i would start i would think i would book a trip around the world
2: oh that's good for
3: me and 100 of my closest friends Whoa! Nice. and then i would embezzle money to pay for all of all their the food needs and
2: everything
0: yeah yeah
3: food and so money. That they could take off for a year and like. then I would also, then I would own all of the foreclosed houses, I'd get possession of them, and I'd give them back. Whoa.
2: I
1: would just you get just into Kenny Rogers' email. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: searching I think, for Kenny Rogers' yeah. direct email I'd find Kenny Rogers' real
3: address, see? And I'd go to his house, see?
2: i got a photocopy him. of my face. I'd watch him shower. <laughs>
3: so. What? Does he sing his own songs Is he nuding up? Ew. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that is really. Lady. As he's patting his recent wounds. Yeah. Wait, I saw This Is It recently. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so sad. He had a crazy face.
2: He did, but he was he so was, good.
3: He was maybe like, the was it, human
1: being ever. He was real yeah, little. He was tiny. He that just really upset me, feminine though. hips.
2: I thought that he was going to be all out of it and like a puppet. He was so on top of that he show. He was still
3: very strange.
2: I mean, are we... The, the whole know? thing...
3: I just can't sing. I can't sing. And then he sings like lights out. I was like, don't make me do that. And like, oh, you're crazy. I mean, it's, when you, I, I you know, I've been around a couple of celebrities in my time that the whole world stops and changes around. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you have no sense of reality whatsoever. Right. I mean, you know that that's, this is just like, you've completely lost touch with humanity.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and he did that. Oh, Michael, you're so crazy. You're so amazing. You just have to sing. Wait, don't I tell do, me. That. I do. It's like not so. can't
2: Okay, wait. I'm going to ask you another one. You get a really good answer for the last one. Thanks. I think that was yeah, so it was nice. nice. Um, okay, you're only allowed to do one form of exercise for your whole life. Or, and what is that? Or you can rotate between hip-hop dance, Zumba, and step aerobics.
3: I love to dance. Okay. I'm this close to being gay. We've already acknowledged that.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I don't think I'd want to ever do Zumba. Oh, okay. So, uh, or aerobics. But I'd hip hop dance all day. But maybe
2: long. that's Holla. your...
3: <laughs> but that would not... <laughs> if I had to do one exercise my whole life, mm-hmm. and then just to have... I mean, I'd probably surf my whole life.
2: Oh, that's good. Full body.
3: Really well, it's works like your that, but it's like you're in the Major... ocean. It's pretty fantastic. I don't surf now, but I would. You sound like one. Your whole life. Okay.
1: So you'd surf right to a musical theater show right afterwards.
2: <laughs> surf your way I mean, right I to late I a musical theater
3: about surfing. All that wave. <laughs> you get all that wave. That's good. <laughs> that was pretty good.
2: Two left. Do you think you're ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're offered a book deal to write a graphic novel for kids. Who's the
3: hero? Oh, that's good. I love that idea. Um, a book deal or a graphic novel for kids.
2: So basically, a comic book, but a little more story, I would say.
3: Um, well, if I was going to do something like that, I would do something. Look, I think that it's huge to for kids to be infused with like a sense of courage and yeah. purpose and like responsibility. But what would imbi- I'd find something that embodies that? I think it would be another kid, right? I mean, it would be yeah. like. Um. Yeah, I think it would, it would be another kid with superpowers. I That's like kind it. of an odd question, but my I think the odd whole thing question. would be about um. what, no. <laughs> that question is gay. <laughs> no, um, I think it would look. I think that to me, the number one thing you can give to a kid is like a sense of like um, personality and purpose yep. and strength in themselves. And so, I think that that whole thing would be around that.
2: You're doing great. Now, the last one is the most sort of existential. but oh, good. Let's This is go. a toughie. Would you rather have a blingy belly button ring or a tattoo of drama masks as a tramp stamp? Think about it.
3: <laughs> I think I know where this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> if I had either, I would jump off a bridge. Okay, that's option <laughs> three. <laughs> I just want you to know. Like, I'll take them both and immediately both? find a bridge. Okay. Because a dude with a tram stamp is the most <laughs> horrific thing ever. It's now, so if you're disturbing. Gay, if, you're a gay, if you're a homosexual man, you have a tram stamp. Fine. That. Then how about it? Even but then, I it's have to a say, a straight thing. dude, and you see him every now and then with like a sunburst yeah. over the ass of his back. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: however, dude, it's tribal, man. If it is the no. the no. no. If it is the drama mask, you can you can point out and be like, it's both comedy and tragedy. <laughs>
3: Sorry. I'd rather have that on my face <laughs> tattooed. But by the way, I would – I for a long time, I thought that maybe I would get – The drama mask tattoo? I I would. I'm so glad you I'm didn't. I'm not telling you I didn't think about it. I didn't draw it out.
2: Did it have, Does the tragedy bleed, like have a
3: tear of blood? I don't know what I would do if I had that now. I would – I mean I, I do look around branch. at kids today. I'm like, you know, you're going to grow up. <laughs> you are going to have that thing in your ear is going to be so big. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. You have to stop because, and I say that to them, I'll find them in a Starbucks. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm 40. I'm You're not going to want the big ear thing in 20 years.
2: Unless you go you to understand. a different country. Yeah, but, I,
3: but even then, it's like, at some point, I understand like there's a piece of my life. Like I have two tattoos. Yeah. One I got when I was 18. One I got oh, two weeks after I started making out with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> good idea both jobs no but like I understand like the idea of tattooing yourself yeah. and being in a moment and being you want to identify that and hold on to something that means something to you I get that but like so
2: no tramp stamp still like um, I'm yeah, having a hard time connect, connect. okay yeah. okay connect the dots
3: yeah, and I hate my belly button, so I would never. Me, accentuate too.
2: My belly button is my, my most hated part of my body. Really? Oh, yeah. Hardcore. Like, I, it, just thinking about it, everything in me it tightens, and I want to cry.
3: Really? Yeah. I now I want to lick it.
2: Nope. Not okay. You could eat pudding out of it.
1: Oh. <laughs> <That's, laughs> that, that sounds, sounds such cavernous.
2: A worse, uh, that's the problem. It's oh. a deep cave. Uh, anyway, well, thanks for it. being on the podcast. <laughs> this took
1: a terrible turn. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This has been really fun. Thanks. Thanks it's the
2: for fun. You're so nice. And I am? Yeah. Oh, do you have so anything you want to plug other than oh, Madison's do, Foundation?
3: Madison's Foundation's huge. So cool. Um, I don't actually. I mean, the Clooney movie, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Did you also just do something with Fred Willard? And um, I
3: didn't. I was supposed to be Britney. Oh, really? I was supposed to go do a movie with Britney Murphy. And didn't happen? She the, this...
2: But the Clooney movie is The Descendants, right? Yeah. And it's coming out in 2011?
3: Uh, no, I think it's going to come out for your Academy nomination. Oh,
2: nice, nice.
3: And that's hilarious because I play George Clooney's wife's lover, <gasps> is the funniest thing on earth. <laughs> if you could see me right now, you'd be like, he's too fat and ugly. No, Why? you look
2: very in shape. Oh, I, did get,
3: I am in shape right now. <laughs>
2: <way>. You're like, <laughs> oh, no, you're right. I'm <laughs> down, but give I'm me
1: down. two weeks and I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't George have the ab work that I've had done. No, but, uh, but I'm going
2: unsightly ab work.
3: I'm going down to Cuba to have it done. Oh, that's
2: good. <laughs> that's and the nice. best. Yeah. They
3: put a little chicken wire in there and yeah. stuff it with batteries. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they lay the flesh over that little
2: Gross.
3: hardness.
1: But you just get a cool. mojito afterwards and you're fine. Really
3: good. Yeah. Anyway, good. what else? Do I have to put? No, nothing. I just did a pilot for CMT that I hope
1: goes. Is Is it the, CMT? Uh, the High Road? Is that the name of it? Right? Yeah, Hard Life. Hard Life. Yeah. High Road, where did I get that?
3: So I'm hoping that goes. And if that goes, then I'll come Then you'll then what you said about podcast. Kenny
2: Rogers, sir. Oh. You are going to be running in the race. what I
1: said.
3: <laughs> um, I'm not signing a waiver. Um, no, if that goes, then I'll come back and do 100 podcasts. Okay,
2: that's great. Awesome.
3: Because I would like to, I would, if, I, if I'm doing a show on CMT, then I'd like the world to come watch.
2: I'll come watch. Awesome. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks. 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 Thank you guys for
1: listening. Uh, follow the podcast at PMC Podcast on Twitter. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and uh, please leave some comments. We'd like to know what you guys think.
2: We can make ourselves better if you just tell us how. Yeah,
1: come on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.